Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, the news, the rugby news of yesterday was the great man Brad Shields uh, said, I haven't had enough of playing for the Hurricanes. I want to come back and do it again. God knows why. Uh, he joins us now. Shields, he welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me, mate. I did. I did um, I've always wanted to come back and play for the Hurricanes. There was one thing that when I left, I was like, surely I might just get one more opportunity. It's probably coming a little bit quicker than I thought due to obvious reasons, but um, <laughs> nah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, so your hand's been forced a bit, hasn't it, Brad, with um, what happened in, at your UK club and then you, you, you were, I guess, lucky in a way to pick up pick up a gig in, in France. It's been a little bit unsettled for you recently. Yeah, that's that's probably it and hence probably the reason why, um, you know, we, we looked at coming back to New Zealand. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few reasons, but obviously, one, the rugby, you know, I, I, I get to play good rugby still. Um, the other part to it is my family and like you say being settled and my wife's family lives in New Zealand as well so it would be a good chance for them you know, to spend some time with the grandkids as well my parents live over here so they've, they've had a bit of a dose uh, while we've been here mm. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, yeah, it was a bit, um, it's been a bit unsettling and, and kind of in a situation where you know, rugby players probably don't even think that they would be come, come close to being in that sort of situation I mean I know you lose contracts and all that sort of stuff but to be made a you know, put in administration and, and lose your job in one day is, is a pretty scary sort of process to go through. What about the rest of the squad from your English club? When when the dissolvement happened, it just it was like a hammer came down, and it was like one day you're a rugby player, fully contract, next day you're not, and it's like mm. you know, forty guys on the dole. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the hard thing about it is that you know it wasn't much long much longer before that that Worcester went under as well so you're talking about you know 80 odd players now or 75 whatever it might be who who, who are out of contract and, and like you mentioned before I'm, I'm honestly extremely lucky and privileged you know get picked up from, from Perpignan and here in France and you know they give me a, an opportunity throughout the season and, and to play some to play some quality rugby so very very lucky but like you say there's, there's still 30 35 guys potentially out there that haven't picked up a contract yet and um, I know one thing that the guys who have taken over Wasps, they've got the best interests of the players at heart, um, moving the club, you know, keeping the name, moving in the right direction. And they're looking to contract a lot of those guys for the championship next season because some of them just kind of been left in the dark, unfortunately. The market's pretty flooded at the moment. It's quite a competitive sort of space. Yeah, so yeah, tell me about the Wasps thing then. So have, they sta- have you stayed in comms with them? Did they say, look, we're going to try and get things going again? How have the new... The new people are taking over addressing the wasp situation. Yeah, so they've um, so they basically, you know, it's quite a tough one because they've, they've got to work to a, a lot of things with the RFU and I jumped through a few hoops to, to even you know contemplate playing in the championship. And one of those things is paying back rugby creditors. So um, I'm a rugby creditor myself, along with a lot of other players as well who are owed money from. Uh, whatever might be image rights contracts or whatever that is. So that was one hurdle that to jump through to then be able to, one, just play next season. But the good thing is is that, you know, they want to do that. They want to keep the Wasp name alive and they've got every intention, 
you know, of, of making the club sort of being really successful again. They've got like a five-year plan. There's a few of us who are in the leadership group with Wasps who have been chatting with the new owner or the new group that, that are sort of driving that. And there's a few more steps they need to take, but they're, they're really confident that, well, we're hoping they're really confident they can at least keep the Wasp brand alive and play in the championship next year with the hope of pushing up to the premiership uh, in the next year or two years, you know. Well, that's good. So so it was like, while it would have been a bitter pill to swallow, all of you guys losing your jobs and still out of pocket as well, um, it sounds, reading between the lines, you still want what's best for Wasps. Um, you, you put in for them, they put in for you. Uh, situations conspired that it all fell over. But um, your relationship with Wasps, um, is there no, no hard feelings? Um, I wouldn't say that completely. That's okay. <laughs> um yeah, it's, it's, it's chucked, a, chucked a bit of a span in the works for a lot of people. I mean, there's a whole different group now driving the Wasps forward and, and what the players want to see is, is the history within the club. Wasps is obviously a very powerful brand. Whatever happened behind the scenes happened behind the scenes. And and we we as players have always been like, well, we'd love to see Wasps sort of come back in and, and, and you know get to the premiership and be competitive again because no one wants to see the loss of a, a club with so much history, you know. Mm. And I think it was just poorly managed and, and COVID obviously didn't help but the way we were let go and the way it was sort of handled was was pretty poor from, from memory and, and I don't wish that upon any other rugby player let alone anyone else in business but I think the new group now they've got you know they've taken over they've, you know, they've changed the business they've, it's a complete fresh start uh, in a way minus a, a couple of things they have to do from the past unfortunately but that's just the situation it's in. So do you, as an individual who was a contractor, an employee, got shown the door, to, to deal with that that uh, turmoil, do you have to park that and say, that was Wasps part A, the new Wasps part B, um, they're going to do everything they can? Do you, do you have a coping mechanism to, to not yeah. carry around this concrete trailer of misery? It's, it's, it's very hard for me at the moment simply because my personal situation with the club in terms of, um, you know, being owed a decent amount of money from, from my years there, um, that's quite hard to park until we can kind of get over that hurdle. Yeah. But the other side to it, you're right, is, is, you know, that's my issue to deal with. Right now, I need to focus on playing as well as I can, A, for Perpignan, and then when I come back to New Zealand, you know, still play the best rugby I can. And on, on the, the next part to that is support the club where I can. And um, obviously the, the new group going forward, the Wasps Legends Group is a massive organisation um, that are helping with the Wasps Club as well. And they've got all the ex-players, businesses, all these sort of networks. And they're trying to drive in the right direction. So that's something that, you know, once you've been in the Wasps, you're always a part of it. And that's the good side to it. That's the stuff that, you know, you want to see thriving. That's going to make the brand stay alive and, and, and challenge and all that sort of stuff in the coming years, if that makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like a horrible situation, and it's a club you love, but they shafted you, but you still want to love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the good thing, the one, the one thing you can compartmentalise is that it's a completely new group. It's a new. There's a new owner there. There's there's, there's a different outlook on it. There's going to be new coaches, new driving, new board. Um, you know, it's a new. It's effectively a new business starting from scratch. So it's kind of separate to the old entity. So you can get on board with supporting that and hoping that. You know, it all works well because at the end of the day, they're going to employ, you know, a lot of players who have been left in the dark and then also a lot of staff who were left in the dark as well. So that's a big part of the support and hopefully they can, 
you know, prosper because everyone wants the competitive nature of rugby to survive in, in the UK. What was the reaction from the local media and the fan base of Wasps when it all happened? Because one thing that you can't deny is the fan bases are so loyal, so that they're a good mm. group of people. Um, did they reach out? Mate, uh, from, from, from a personal perspective, the fans have been absolutely amazing, like gutted the one thing they gutted about is to see us signing contracts with other clubs um, because, you know, they, they still wanted Wasps to be there, you know. Mm. Um, but they'll support Wasps. Apparently there's, there's, you know, untold amount of fans who were willing to, to crowdfund, um, whether it's a five-pounder here or a pound there, to get, you know, Wasps where it needed to be, to get them into the position financially where they could, you know, pick a team and all that sort of stuff. Um, so there's a, a hell of a lot of support out there for for the club. Um I think it was a bit of a shock for everyone because it wasn't right up until that last day where we, we, we still weren't convinced that it was going to go under. We thought, yep, no, I think we're, we're okay. It doesn't look, doesn't sound completely right, but you know, all that, all the advice we were being getting given and that over the weeks, it was going to be okay. So I think the public were holding on to that as well. Um, and obviously English rugby is, you know, there's a, there's a few challenging moments um, at the moment in terms of the club set up, but, you know, it wasn't until that day it happened, and I'm, I'm sure the fans feel the same as the player. You know, a bit of shock. They're losing a losing a part of, you know, who they were potentially. For me, I've been there for four years. Other guys have been there for ten or twelve years. So, mm. you know, a small part of you is like, damn, that's kind of could be it'd be like the Hurricanes. You know, touch wood, never happening. But uh, you know, finishing just like that. Mm. What has evolved in Brad Shields, the rugby player, in the four years over there? You've been part of uh, Wasps, as you say, uh, the England set up as well. If you were to look at the Brad Shields of four years ago, where's your game gone? Well, apart from putting on a couple of kilos to try and battle these big <laughs> mad mountains up here. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, the, the one thing about going to Wasps is that they always prided themselves on an attacking style rugby, like what they used to in the Hurricanes. The one thing that sort of probably changed my game a little bit is probably the confidence. Although I found myself quite confrontational and physical and super rugby, um, you know, it's almost like close quarter contact, um, double tackles, all that sort of stuff. Especially in the winter up there, it changes the way you play a little bit. So I do find myself being trying to be a bit more physical, um, you know, a bit more confrontational in a way. I think that's been slightly different, hence why people come up here, you know, you come up at 109, 110 kilos, you've got to kind of be playing at 112, 13 to be able to compete mm-hmm. with, with some of these some of these big boys. But, you know, France is, is, is much the same. Um, but I think that's probably the one thing that's, you know, that that did it with the Hurricanes, you know, you, you find yourself on the edge of a, of, a, of a good play type thing. Lucy's always seemed to be in and amongst sort of the free-flowing game of Super Rugby, whereas in, in, in England there's, there's a lot more confrontation. Yeah, a lot tighter forward play. You're right. Yeah. So um, the Perpignan thing, how hard or easy has it been to focus on a new team given what's happened in the past and now also knowing what you're going to be doing next year? Is it is it hard to focus on the job at hand? Um, not for me because I know, you know, my standard is I want to play the best rugby that I possibly can. Um, no matter what team, and I was like that with the Hurricanes before I left. You know, I don't want to let my standards drop just because I know I'm, I'm moving on somewhere. I, I want to help. Like Perpignan's in a unique situation. You know, we're not we're not fighting for the top of the table, but over here in France, you fight for relegation, right? So every team wants to stay in the top 14. So at the moment, we're in a battle with another couple of teams to 
to not be in that relegation playoff match, you know, and, and to, to finish 12th or 11th or 10th so that we've got an automatic, you know, and I want to help the club get as far as I can. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for them to pick me up and and, um, and 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 play for them and give me an opportunity, obviously, when times are pretty tough. So I want to repay them by playing as well as I can and help the team where I can. And I think that's my main focus. And obviously, the, the better I play over here, um, the better Steve's going to put me in when I come back to New Zealand, you know. Are you going to still be in France when the World Cup's on? No, I think we're going to be coming back. Uh, we'll probably be back in New Zealand between end of June and, and sort of middle of July time. Oh, wow, that's quick. That is quick. All right. Yeah, it is, mate. It's been, it's been a busy year. I sure Joe has. Um, any thoughts on MPC yet? You know, I've got I've got good ins to the Manawatu Rugby Union. Um, always <laughs> always looking for a, a robust 113-kilo Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, mate, I mean, the thing is, I can't, I don't, I don't really feel like I could go from uh, June now to February next year without playing any rugby, and and I think if I can if I can get some NPC under my belt, you know, it's almost like a good stepping stone back into Super Rugby. You know, trying to battle out with the young fellas and and check my fitness and all that sort of stuff, and it just keep me on my toes, you know. So um, been speaking to Wellington a little bit, so hopefully we can we can get something over the line um, in the near future. And, and the plan is to try and play NPC wherever that might be. That's bloody Paco, hopefully isn't Wellington. it? Paco's looking after Wellington at the moment, so I got to battle him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he did. He played for Manawatu two then as well. He did, and he loved it. He fell in yeah. love with rugby yeah. all over again in Palmy. So let's make it happen, <laughs> Shieldsy. I tell you what, mate. The one thing that it's taught me about being in France, um, you know, without the pressure and, and all that sort of stuff, there's pressure. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely taught me to enjoy rugby again and and take the fun part out of it. It's almost like being a kid again at your first day at school. Yeah. Um, and I hope that you know brings me back to New Zealand and hopefully it's the same I can keep enjoying my rugby because the day I said I finished enjoying it the day I hang my boots up and that hasn't happened just yet so you were always one of the great um, I'll finish it up here because like at the end of every season in, in Wellington days there were always good dress ups have you maintained your high quality of dressing up like Thor or a caveman <laughs> at the end of the season yeah it's funny in the UK we do about three or four different dress ups in the whole season there's like <laughs> There's like four four occasions in the calendar year where they're like, no, nah, we're going for it, right? You need to dress up in this, you need to dress up in that. It's more prescribed in terms of groups of what you need to come. But I think I'm still doing all right with my dress up. I think I'm still, I have to test myself when I get back. Yes, you will. <laughs> I'll, I'll, go, you. I'll keep an eye on it. I, I'm going to judge you and I'll give you, I'll give you feedback. <laughs> hey, Brad, it's, it's you, br- you know what? You can, you, you can, you can draw me in your uh, in, a, in an outfit if you want. I'll give you that pleasure. Okay, that'll be brilliant. Not not like not like one of the one of the French girls though. Not <laughs> not bloody Titan, not Titanic styles, but maybe just to dress up. <laughs> yeah, I won't do Brad Shields the French maid. I won't do that. No. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Awesome, buddy. Well, uh, we're all looking forward to seeing you come back. Um, I, I didn't realise it was going to be so quick. So uh, let's hope you can help Perpignan stay off the bottom. Um, that'll be a tick and get yourself back home around um, your wife's uh, family in particular who can enjoy the grandkids um, I think it's brilliant yeah. you're, you're still young enough fit enough and keen enough to to make a big dent on Super Rugby over here next year so I wish you all the best uh, Shieldsy and we'll catch up when you get back Cheers, Thanks very much mate appreciate that thanks for having me